Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. This past summer, I was working on organizing the books in our house. Uh, We have books in every room and on the different levels. And I was putting the books together. And uh, as I was working on that, I organized them by categories. And I put all of the parenting books on one shelf. And uh, as I put all the parenting books on one shelf, and then I sat and stared at this uh, group of books in front of me, I began wondering, did all of this studying and reading really benefit me as a parent? Um, Was I being an effective parent in helping our kids grow up and love God and love others? Was all of this benefiting our family? Uh, It had been one of those days where, as a mom, I was wondering about this because I was kind of done that day with the sassiness and the crabbiness and the selfishness and the laziness, and I can just keep going on and on. Uh, The bookshelf day had been one of those days, and uh, I looked at these books and I wondered, what am I doing, and why do my children have to be sinners like their parents. I think one of my favorite books as we were reviewing this shelf and the collection is Have a New Kid by Friday. (laughs) I think we all know that's not a possible thing, but we were having a rough week. I think it was actually Thursday. And so we, (laughs) we picked up the book because it was a great title. And one of our kids, and I will let his name remain... Anonymous actually looked at the book and said, you know, that's not going to work. (laughs) And he was the one we were having a challenge with. So he challenged our parenting acumen and we decided we're going to give it a shot. So we bought the book and we read through it and we implemented everything. And of course, it failed miserably. (laughs) It just didn't work. So you can't have a new kid by Friday. It takes a lot more than that. What's what's one of your favorite books? Uh, Say goodbye to whining, complaining, and bad attitudes in you and your kids. So, read this book, (laughs) tried it, didn't work in my kids, and it didn't work in me either. (laughs) And I I love the idea of our kids not whining and complaining, but that's something I still want to hang on to because that's fun occasionally. Well, we're not going to walk through each one of these books. Some have been better than others, but I do want to welcome you to week three of Where Did It Go? And this is a series where we are talking about finding self-control in the key areas of life that really matter. And I think parenting and grandparenting is a key area of life, and it matters. But it's also an area where we often lose control. And this is something that we have learned with having just a lot of conversations with people from Valley Point. How can we find control in this area of parenting 
and leading our families because it matters and it's really important. So what we want to do today is we just want to talk and share with you a little bit of our parenting journey. And so if you're here as a parent, enjoy. You'll understand a lot of this and probably feel a bit of our pain. If you're here as a grandparent, I want to say thank you for being here. And I hope you know and understand how valuable you are to your families. And I hope you walk away from today with something that's helpful to you as well. If you aspire to be a parent someday, then lean into this. And then for those in middle school or high school, you get a sneak peek into how your parents actually think. And I know that you will use that information wisely. (laughs) Here's our big idea for today. And that is parenting shouldn't be about maintaining control and appearances, but rather developing lasting relationships. So it's not about maintaining control and appearances, if that's all it is. At some point, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble and we're going to be uh, disappointed. It should be about developing and cultivating these lasting relationships, which I believe is good and godly. If you're new or newer to Valley Point, my name is Eric, and this is my wife, Tanya. We have been married for 23 years. We have six children, ranging in age from 21 all the way down to five. And one of the things that we constantly find ourselves discussing and talking about is parenting because it just occupies so much of our time. And we're not perfect parents, right? No, we're not perfect parents. Uh, We do not have all the answers, even though we've read all of these books. And uh, we don't have perfect kids. But we want to share with you just some helpful things that have made it easier along this journey. Uh, First, I would say that we've made fun of our collection of books here, but the books really have been great tools for us. They have given us help as parents and hope. And I'd encourage you as parents to start a good collection of books. Next, we've had some great mentors in our life, Um, some people that we've looked up to, some people we've watched and listened to. Uh, Eric was a youth pastor for 10 years, and during those years, we were around many great parents, and we watched, and we listened, and I will say that, honestly, I didn't always understand some of the decisions that they made with their teenagers, or why they did what they did, or said what they said, but later, when we had teenagers of our own, I would remember things I saw Or I heard, and I'd be like, oh, now I get it. So it really helps having people in the next station of life, in your life, watch and listen, because it really helps. Uh, Experience helps. Um, We've been at this journey a long time now. And if you're young here, you're going to be on this journey for a long time. And as you walk the walk of parenthood, you learn You learn a lot from failing. I think we've learned more from failing than what we've done well. So you learn through experience. And last, I would say ultimately our greatest tool in parenting is the Bible. 
And I'm not just saying that because it's a Sunday morning. The Bible has truly been a great tool for us. Um, I remember very clearly when our oldest was 10 and I had baby number five. And I just felt this very big pressure on me and this sense as my older two were nine and 10 that I really needed God's wisdom to make this work. I needed God's wisdom every single day. And I started reading the book of Proverbs daily at that point. What we want to do today is walk through four stages of parenting and even grandparenting. And then I want to share with you one verse from Scripture, and we'll talk about it together. Uniquely, there are 66 books in the Bible, over 31,000 different verses. But the one verse we're going to talk about today and share is probably, in my opinion, one of the most misunderstood verses in all of Scripture. Like, it's way up there. And uniquely, it relates to parenting, and often we take it out of context because we don't fully understand why it was written and the background to that. So we're going to walk through these stages of parenting, unpack that, talk about it, get to this unique verse that often is misunderstood, and then we have some takeaways to share. So the four stages of parenting, it looks like this. There's birth through preschool, then there's the elementary stage, then the middle and high school stage, and then finally there is the adult children stage. And so even for those of you who are grandparents, maybe you don't have anybody in your home right now, but you're still dealing with adult children. And one of the things I've discovered is that those adult children never really go away. And so we'll talk about that, and hopefully you find some encouraging things as well. So, Tanya, talk to us about the first stage of parenting, that birth through preschool stage. Okay, so first I'll say this is kind of fun for us, these stages, because we have children in three of these four stages. And uh, this uh, past fall, uh, in September, we finally got out of this first stage. (laughs) We don't have a birth through preschooler for the first time in 20 years. We're a little slow, but we finally accomplished that. So this first stage, birth through preschool. This is a very busy and tiring stage of life, but enjoy it. Enjoy it because it really does go so very, very fast. I would say there were two keys for us as parents that helped us enjoy the stage more. And I hope that these helpful ideas will just be encouraging to you as young families. And the first key is sleep. And uh, that sounds so very, very simple. But sleep is a huge obstacle for many young families. I still hear this from moms all the time. And if we sleep as parents and our babies sleep, life goes so much better. Because it's busy, it's crazy, it's unpredictable. But if you have sleep... You feel like you can conquer what is going to lie ahead for you that next day. So sleep. I think the only way to get sleep is to have some sort of routine that works for you and your family. Figure out a way to get your kids into bed and get them in bed in enough time so you can take a breath, 
sit down and then talk to your spouse. It, it's amazing how much that helps. But you have to have a routine to accomplish sleep. I know that there's teeth and sickness and attachment stages. But as you walk through all of that, don't let it linger too long. Don't get stuck there. But go back to your routine and make sure that your kids are getting sleep. Because if they are sleeping and you are sleeping, you can face the day much better. Second, for us, those cute little faces, they are so sweet, but they really do need rules and boundaries. And as parents, we're the ones that have to set those rules and boundaries. We have to do that to help life work better. So when our kids were in this stage, a couple rules that we had to make life easier for us was if we went to Target, the child that was three and under sat in the cart because it was easier for me and we could actually accomplish what we were doing. I went to Target with crying children many times. (laughs) They still sat in the cart on most days. You just have to do it in my in our house, with our life. It just made things better. The other thing that we did for three and under, some were even three and a half, is they had to sit in a booster seat at dinner time, strapped in, so we could at least eat our food. It just helped a lot. Those were boundaries that we set when our kids were young. I'll say on the other side of that, so you don't get the wrong impression. Right now, and every day that you walk into my house, There is a football or small basketball in my family room, which is right next to the kitchen. We're okay with that. Football is played in my house, and that probably sounds terrible to some of you. But we're okay with that until the game gets too heated and then it gets tossed into the garage. Um, I have a child who still does cartwheels through my house. (laughs) And I'm okay with cartwheels until the house needs to be quiet. As parents... We set the boundaries for our house, but they look different for all of us. Find what works for you and then set those boundaries. We each will have children who obey rules and you set them up and they basically follow the rules. And then we have other children who see the rule, we state the rule, and they run as fast as they can to disobey that rule. We have both in our house. And I just want to say that if you have a child who disobeys in your house, it doesn't make you a bad parent, but it makes you a parent who has to work really hard at teaching them to obey the rules and the boundaries. You talk about our young kids crying in Target. I think it's interesting because even our teenagers cry in Target. (laughs) It's like, what's what's going on? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, that's the birth to preschool stage. What about the next stage, the elementary years? So elementary years. We're going to go to real relationships, which is what we do here at Valley Point. Real relationships with God and real relationships with others. In the elementary ages, this is just a great time to have your kids in church. Generally, it's pretty easy for them. Kids in this stage normally like church. They'll enjoy Kid Point. I spent my Sunday last Sunday in Kid Point, and it is great. It is so much fun down there. 
They do crazy games. Dana is so involved and hilarious the whole time. But they also learn about God. And they also have time in small groups where they can connect with other kids. I think it's so important during these elementary years for them to have friends at church and to enjoy church. Because these elementary years, they fly by. They go so very, very quickly. And our kids need friendships here. And they need to want to go to On Point when they're in middle school and high school. And they need adults loving them for who they are and speaking into their life. And if they're here experiencing real relationships and if they get a real relationship with God and they begin to understand the importance of a real relationship with the other people around them, it's going to help them. Next, I would say for these elementary years, love and accept your kids for who they are. This is the stage where we learn if our child can kick a soccer ball or if they like picking flowers on the soccer field. (laughs) Both happens. (laughs) We learn at this stage if our child is going to love math and find it fun or if it's going to be a struggle. And if it's a struggle early on, it's going to be a struggle later. We also learn if our kids are going to enjoy people and it's going to be easy for them to get along or if social settings and social issues are going to just be hard for them. Give our kids the help that they need. That's what we need to do as parents. Give them the help they need and just love them. Love them like crazy. Accept them for who they are right there. And be realistic. Let's not put our expectations for our kids so high that it's discouraging for them. And in this state, enjoy the swords, enjoy stepping on Legos, enjoy the Barbie dolls, because this too goes very, very quickly. Okay, those are the first two stages. You have birth to preschool, then that elementary stage. The third stage is the middle and high school years. And I think one of the things we've discovered in this stage is that parenting is absolutely essential, but it's not always asked for. And this is where separation begins to take place, and you want to give your kids space, and they're thinking and developing really who they are and the things that they like, and and all of that comes together. But during the stage, parenting absolutely essential. And so I think the key for this stage is parents have to make themselves available when these key questions come and when these moments come where we can engage with our middle school student or high school student, we have to make ourselves available, which means devices down, work down, calendar down, our hobbies down, so that we have time to interact on their calendar and on their schedule when these key moments arise. So parenting, absolutely essential in these years. Often we want to kind of withdraw because we think they're figuring it out, and they are, but they need a lot of direction and a lot of help. But we as parents have to make ourselves available for when they want to discuss things and when they want to have these key moments, which means our stuff we got to put it down and engage with them. 
And I think the other thing that's really valuable during this stage is bring joy into your home and laughter. Because there's a lot of tough things that happen in the middle school years and high school years that make you cry and make you sad. And and there's decisions that go way off course and you struggle with that and that's disappointing. But you have to find ways to laugh together and bring joy into your family. And so if you're a very serious parent, when you get to the middle and high school years, you got to get over yourself. You do. Because your kids are laughing at you. (laughs) as a parent and my kids imitate me and my hands and you know all that which is fine I laugh about that now and you want to laugh together as a family and find anything that brings joy into your home even if it's a small thing so I'm going to share a story about Chandler he's 16 now and I I talked to him and he said yeah you you can share the story that's fine Uh, a few years ago uh, he was running around the house and our, our Chandler he just he bounces Everywhere he goes in our house. And if you come, our ceilings all have fingerprints. And we're waiting for him to move on to the college years so that we can redo the ceiling. Because he just, he just bounces everywhere he goes. And he's got a football or a basketball. And that, that's just Chandler. Well, one of the things that he enjoys doing is we have a very sturdy coffee table in our living room. Well, he likes to bounce. Bounce on the coffee table and then bounce onto the couch. Don't judge us. That's just what he does, and we're kind of okay with that. So one day, Tanya had actually polished the coffee table. I'm wondering, maybe that was on purpose. I, I don't know. But here comes Chandler. He's, he's bounding in. Well, he hits that coffee table and slid off of that thing and missed the couch and went into the wall and then just kind of collapsed on the ground. So we heard and saw all of this and we're wondering, is he going to stand up and be really mad and throw the football? What, what is, what's going to happen here? So they kind of hold your breath for a moment. Well, he stood up and smiled and said, that was amazing. <laughs> and it was. And so we, we laugh about that all of the time. And you have to find these things that bring joy into your family and then tell those stories often especially on the bad days. So middle and high school years, they're challenging. Parenting is absolutely essential. You want to stay plugged in, but you kind of have to do it on their schedule, and you got to be ready to put a lot of things down in order to take advantage of the questions and these moments. One final stage, it's adult children, and this is new for us. So uh, this week, my oldest turns 21, Which is crazy, (laughs) but uh, we haven't been in this stage for very long, just a couple years, so we don't really have a lot of experience here, and so I don't necessarily feel like I have a lot to offer, Um, but I will say this, this has been the hardest stage for me. This stage is tough. Uh, Dropping my kids off at college, I am a baby. I cried. I have a sophomore and junior in college this year, and I still cried. It's hard. It's hard not knowing if they're safe in their beds at night, but yet, on the other hand, it's hard knowing their stress and their struggles and their temptations. It's just a really hard stage for me as a mom because it feels a little overwhelming, and then I start to worry, which is wrong. I can't worry. So what we do is we pray a lot. We pray for our kids. 
And uh, I text them and tell them, I'm praying for you, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for you. And we pray, because there's not a lot else at this stage that I can really do except to pray. When they're in their earlier stages and they will get hurt, I had them brainwashed into thinking that if I kiss them twice, everything is all better. If they fell down and said, oh, let me give you double kisses from mom, it's all better. You don't even need a Band-Aid. Just keep walking. Just keep going. But now, in this adult stage, life is so complicated and growing up is hard. So we pray. The other thing that we do is we work really hard at developing good relationships with our older kids. We love them and enjoy them on good days and bad days. Uh, This relationship takes a lot of time and effort to work well. Um, It's a a hard balance to figure out giving them space and yet having a strong relationship. And we're still trying to figure out that stage. It's hard for us, but uh, we are praying for them and we are finding joy at this stage also. And I think for the grandparents and extended family members in the room, this idea of praying for your grandkids or for nieces, nephews, whatever that may look like, is incredibly valuable, really through all the stages. But maybe in particular for your family members who are adult children because you're not always next to them or by them. And so this is a great thing, I think, that grandparents can engage in. Our parents don't live by us, and so they don't have close proximity to our kids, their grandkids. But one of the things I think they've done a great job of is praying for them. And often my mom will get a a call early in the morning, phone will ring twice, and that's it. And that's my mom's way of communicating to us as the kids are getting ready for school and walking out the door that, oh, Grandma Kohler is praying for you. And that is so incredibly empowering for them and I think encouraging for us that okay somebody besides just us is trying to help our kids uh, make good decisions and they're bringing that before God okay a verse of scripture that again it speaks truth into this whole parenting and grandparenting dynamic but I believe is one of the most understood verses in scripture it's Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 here's what it says Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You've done some research on this verse, and I want you to share that because I think sometimes we assume, after reading a verse like that in the Bible, that if I just do the right spiritual things with my kids, if I get them in church, if I have them attend vacation Bible school or other kinds of religious training, if I give them a Bible, if I read Bible stories to them, that they're going to turn out, okay, this is a promise. This is a guarantee based on what we find here that if you train this child up in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. But that's actually not what the verse is saying And it's dangerous to assume that. Why? Because this isn't what Proverbs um, is saying. 
Um, Proverbs aren't meant to be divine guarantees or promises. It would be kind of (laughs) nice, but they're not. The Proverbs are meant to be guidelines, or it's an observation of how things normally work out in life. But it's not a guarantee. So as parents, we can try to do the right things, but it doesn't mean that our children won't struggle. doesn't mean that our kids won't at some point walk away from God. The word here, train, means to dedicate. And the idea of the way he should go has the idea of teaching them wisdom, God's wisdom, the fear of God as they go, as they walk throughout life. And uh, scholars believe that um, the child here that it's talking about is probably an older adolescent. So it's important for us to train our children from the time they're young to understand God's wisdom, but not to stop there. Even in the middle and high school years, we're to continue training them and teaching them the way of God and his wisdom. Uh, Children have choices that they make. They can choose to follow God and choose to walk in his way, Or choose not to, just like we have the choice to follow God or not to follow God. As we were studying this, I came across another scholar who said this, Ordinarily, the vessel retains the savor with which it was first seasoned. And so I think it's fair to say that the likelihood increases if we act on what Proverbs says, but it's not a guarantee. It's not an actual promise. Again, it would be nice if it were but we have a responsibility and a role to play in this that increases the likelihood that our kids walk with God. Okay, let's give some takeaways. And these are for all parents in, in all stages. Tanya, you share the first one. Share your faith with your kids. Take the time to introduce your children to God. And we tell our kids, eat your vegetables. We tell our kids to go to school. And we tell them to finish what they've started. We can push them and encourage them to stick with God and church. If they have a relationship with God, God promises in Hebrews 13 that he will never leave us or forsake us. Our children need that relationship with God and they need that promise that God will never leave them. The second takeaway is find a rallying cry. I like to think of the family as an organization because that's what it is. And organizations have a purpose. They have rallying cries. And so I think for you and for your family, you need to determine what what are the rallying cries for us? What helps us to get back to center to kind of get our minds moving in the right direction? And I'll share our rallying cries with you, uh, again, you got to come up with your own, but here's what we do for rallying our family. Uh, first, it's, it's God first, and that, that's just a priority for our family, and we do that by investing a heavy amount of time at Valley Point Church. This is a big deal to us, to be here on Sunday, and to volunteer, to serve on Sunday, to be involved in love days. And the other ministries of the church, 
because this is something that helps us to say we're going to prioritize God first and we're going to do that through what he has established to do his work on earth and that's the church. So we love the church, we love Valley Point and we spend a great amount of time here and we say no to a lot of other things so that we can invest in what happens right here. Our second rallying cry is others first. Uh, You before me. And I would say we struggle with this one all of the time. But this is often a prayer that I give to my kids before they walk out the door. We we try to pray before they uh, hop on a bus or go to school and just say, God, help them to think about others first today. And when we pray over our dinner, it's God, even through the rest of the evening while we're here as a family, help us to think about others first. Again, we struggle with that, but it's, it's a rallying cry. It's something we throw out. And then thirdly, we have a family night that we stick to weekly. It happens to be Friday night. We order pizza, we buy ice cream, and then we watch movies. And that's a sacred time for our family where we're just together And we'll watch a movie with the younger kids and then put them to bed and watch a different movie with the older kids. And we say no to a lot of other things so that we have that time. What we've actually found is that our kids get on us if we say, hey, we're doing something else on Friday. They get really upset and angry and, (laughs) no, we want our pizza and ice cream and movie. And we take that as a good sign. And so we, we use that Friday night time to kind of rally us. So th- those are our rallying cries. God first, others first, and then that Friday movie, pizza, and ice cream night. And we're imperfect in all of these. We don't always get it right. But again, this centers us. And I would encourage you to find purpose as a family. Put some rallying cries together that just bring you back together. Uniquely, families come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. And so I want Tanya just to wrap up our time giving a few thoughts to different kinds of families. I want to say for uh, the broken family, God sees you and he knows and he loves you. For the blended family, I'm a product of a broken and blended family. And I think throughout all of life, we have to show much grace and mercy to our families. For the single parent, don't do life alone. Take the risk and ask for help. And for all families, we need to remember that God loves our children. He loves our kids even more than we do. And we do all of this to develop and cultivate lasting relationships. So I want to end with our big idea again, which says... Parenting shouldn't be about maintaining control and appearances. If that's all it is, again, I think we're going to find ourselves frustrated and in trouble. It should be about developing and cultivating and growing lasting relationships. Will you pray with us? Father, we're thankful for some time today just to think through an area where we often lose control. And that happens, and that's a frustrating thing. But God, I think there are ways where we can bring control back into what matters. 
And we've talked today about parenting and grandparenting and just serving our families and leading them well. I think this is an area that matters and that you want us to get right. And so I pray that whatever station we find ourselves in today as parents or grandparents or even as extended family, friends, wherever we are, I pray that you would help us to concentrate and to think about what you want for us. And then God, help us just to implement, knowing that you love family. It's something you established and set up, and so we want to honor you by being in control and developing lasting relationships. Help us all as we walk out of here and deal with our families this week. Give us confidence and strength to do it your way. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.